Hello and welcome back to the Westland Weekly Wake Up. I'm Audrey Lippert. And I'm Karina Rauer. With the Oscars right around the corner, we decided to discuss some of the most important nominations. Throughout this episode, we will be picking our winners in a few of the major categories and talking about some notable snubs. We will also share our opinions on the Oscar nomination process as a whole and where we think the Academy got it right and wrong with this year's nominations. While we have not seen every movie that was nominated this year, between the two of us, we believe we have seen enough of them to have an opinion. To start off our Oscars discussion, let's dive into the category of Best Actress. The nominees are Kate Blanchett, Anna de Armas, Andrea Riseborough, Michelle Williams, and Michelle Yeoh. Now, if we're looking at this top to bottom, I have not seen Tar, but it definitely has been one of those movies that's just been talked about a lot. My main gripe, though, is that you either would have to look for it in theaters or pay likely an obscene amount to watch it on on demand or something. It's not accessible. No, and picking, piggybacking off the accessibility thing... Anna de Armas in Blonde was an NC-17 movie about Marilyn Monroe that was relatively controversial, mm-hmm. and the whole concept is a little bit weird and creepy, yep. and I personally don't think an NC-17 movie should be getting Oscar nominations simply because of how inaccessible it is to the majority of the people who care about movies, and... I feel like the Oscars should be a reflection of the general public, not just specific people who are really into movies. Right. And I think um, Anna de Armas has kind of had a lot of like good moments in pop, like popular um, cult classic movies, like more, more recently, such as Knives Out. And I get that they might be trying to rec- recognize her as like a, to make up for the fact that they haven't, the Academy has not recognized her in past years. But nonetheless, I don't feel like this was the right movie to be her first lead actress nomination. Makeup nominations as a whole and makeup awards, I don't like the concept. I think it's a bit... It feels very consolation prizey, and it's like, well, what were they really winning it for? Like, we need transparency here. The best actress or actor in the category should win each time. Exactly, and you're just creating more makeup awards down the line. Because then people will be like, oh, this person should have won for X movie, but they didn't, so we should have them win this year. But there's probably someone in that category that they're winning over to win the makeup award that will then need a makeup award sometime down the line. Who is really deserving? It should just be a moment in time, not like looking at the 10 years. And if we're going to continue to talk about the Academy's sort of weird ethics... I think the next nominee, um, Andrea Riseborough, is a great example of that because she was, no one no one predicted it. No big publication predicted that she was going to be nominated for Best Actress. I don't know the exact number for what the box office was, but it was not anywhere near the, the, ex- the same amounts as these other movies in the categories. Again, it's just another movie that most people haven't seen. Like, I haven't seen Two Leslie. I know Karina has not seen seen Two Leslie. And I have not met a person who has seen it. And because of that, I feel like while her performance in the movie might be amazing, the fact that it didn't reach general audiences should suggest that it wasn't that impactful. Yeah. I mean, 
no one's talking about it. Not even, I would argue, like the um, film bro society that makes up a lot of social media platforms that is most, they're the ones who are like, saying you need to go see this movie you need to go watch this they were saying that about the whale everything everywhere all at once after sun but not about this movie and there were a lot of a lot of people discussed how her tactics of getting celebrities on social media to promote her movie might not have been ethical and the academy had to reconsider and they put out a statement saying that they were reviewing their process I think that's good. I mean, the fact that celebrities were the one who got were the ones who really got this movie and this person nominated for this award kind of says all you need to know about yeah. her position. And that's not a dig at Andrea Riseborough in any way. It's just that if general audiences aren't com- campaigning for it and even film bros aren't campaigning for it, <laughs> then it probably wasn't a very impactful movie. I guarantee a decade from now, nobody's going to be saying anything about Two Leslie. Yeah, it should be interesting to see where we are <laughs> in a decade. Now, to talk about some more, in my opinion, beloved um, candidates for Best Actress, Michelle Williams in The Fablemans was, in The Fablemans was by far one of my favorite movies of 2022. I really think that she gave a great performance as um, the mother of the kind of semi-fictionalized Steven Spielberg. (laughs) It's it's so weird to think about, but I mean, it was it was quite interesting. I really have not seen her much else besides like The Greatest Showman and other things that weren't necessarily like up for Oscars. No, (laughs) I mean, not yeah, Greatest Showman, not at all. But I mean. I really think that she showed a lot of depth and also the fact that she could play a character that cheated on her husband and like had this kind of but like you know it was circumstantial and like but I'm just trying to like encourage my kid to have the happiest life he can it's all for the greater good it's yeah there was so much depth there I don't know I know you didn't see Audrey. I did not see it, so I can't really say anything. I did, however, just watch Everything Everywhere all at once. And I have to say, even without having seen The Fablemans, I think Michelle Yeoh should win. I think her performance in the movie was amazing. I also think it's kind of ironic that the two Michelles are the two probably most likely to win actresses, in my opinion, or most deserving. Definitely. Just kind of by process of elimination. Yeah. But Everything Everywhere All at Once was an amazing movie. I can't imagine how difficult keeping all of that like emotion and the acting would have been in the settings that they were creating in the movie. Right. Like it was crazy. So I think she is definitely the most deserving of the actresses on this list. Yeah, and I mean Michelle Yeoh is making history. She is the first and this wording is interesting, openly Asian actress to be nominated for um, in the Best Actress category. The reason why I have to say openly Asian is because there was someone who was nominated that was of Sri Lankan descent. However, in that time period, because it was in the 20th century, they were not open about their identity. Very interesting. That is really interesting. And I think it's really cool that this movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once, celebrates identity in such a way, and this is the first Mm-hmm. real it's Asian nomination for Best Actress. This is also, Michelle Yeoh is also my choice, I think. And I do think she does have competition in Kate Blanchett and Michelle Williams. 
However, I will be crossing my fingers and toes come yes. Oscars night. <laughs> Moving on to Best Actor, our nominees are Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser, Paul Mescal, and Bill Nye. I apologize for butchering that name. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce Bill's last name. Well, thankfully, we haven't heard... I have not heard of the movie Living. I have not heard of that movie either. Great. Glad we're on the same page. (laughs) That's probably why I don't know how to pronounce his name. (laughs) Yeah, he's not exactly a household name. Let's say that. (laughs) Yes. After Elvis, however, Austin Butler has become a, a household name if he wasn't before. And as a person who saw Elvis... Elvis was a mess of a movie. I can't lie. I There were parts of it I really enjoyed. As a whole, though, it was just really hard to grasp what was happening. And there was just so many moving parts. It felt like I was watching a music video mm-hmm. instead of a movie. And because of that, it was kind of hard to get any like depth yes. from the characters or emotion. And I feel like that's kind of the point of acting like a good actor makes you feel what they're feeling Mm -hmm. and I didn't really feel that at all in Elvis I I also saw Elvis and I know exactly what you mean I really think that in parts the director Baz Luhrmann he really did turn the movie into a music video because like they would break Austin Butler would break the fourth wall and be like singing into the camera and they'd be like somewhere like super extravagant that mm-hmm. i mean would really only make sense in a music video or movie context and it was very chaotic and there was a lot of um spinning elements such as flashing lights like, yeah and it was just constantly moving and it was kind of impossible to yeah. understand it was kind of a lot of unnecessary stimulus too I mean, it wouldn't have been right if they had done, like, a super stripped-down biopic, necessarily. No, because that wouldn't have been representative of Elvis. Exactly. But I feel like there were better ways to go about it than the way they did. Honestly, outside of Austin Butler not winning, I don't really have an opinion on the rest of the movies. I know I've heard lots of good things about The Whale After Sun and The Banshees of Inishirin. I hope I pronounced that right. (laughs) Um... So I really don't, I don't care, and I feel like it's kind of a toss-up. Yeah. I just, after seeing Elvis, I was like, I understand Austin Butler's a good actor. Right. But I don't think he was amazing in Elvis. Yeah. I think that Brendan Fraser, this is his comeback. This has been his, like, kind of, like, his comeback movie. And I think that I've seen a lot of people say, this movie is great, but Brendan Fraser deserves a better movie. I hate to say it, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did the whole makeup award thing in two years from now for Brendan Fraser, because this is his comeback into the industry. Well, in that case, let's hope they get it right earlier rather than later. I would agree. I mean, from what I've seen, I saw the um, prosthetics that they put him through for that movie. And I mean, it just looked crazy and very much so emotionally draining, most likely. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Paul Mescal, I've seen his work in normal people. I think he's a great actor. However, After Sun did look like yet another A24 indie movie in the sense that it's bringing a lot of things that we've already seen to the table. Maybe some incredible acting, but I mean, what, like it kind of, at this point, it has to be more than that. And I think that movies like Everything Everywhere All at Once 
are more than that at this point. Yes. I would say a snub for this category would be um, Daniel Kaluuya's performance in Nope. Yes. I think that he was really very, like, solemn, but yet he said a lot in just his, like, silent mannerisms. Nope got snubbed as a whole in this entire Oscar cycle. There is not one nomination for Nope in the major categories, which I don't really understand because a ton of people were going to see Nope this summer, and I was reading and hearing a ton of good things about it, so I don't really understand how it missed out on all of the major categories, Seriously. but and here no, we are. And no production design nominations or special effects or yeah. anything like that. I mean, they loved, I mean, as far as I can remember, they really liked it, uh, the movie Get Out, which was also directed yeah. by Jordan Peele and starring Daniel Kaluuya. But I mean, I do think that it's credits where it's due. They deserve at least a nod in, in the In some sort of category, in some yeah. 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 Okay, moving on to Best Animated Feature, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Puss in Boots The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red are your nominees. I've seen both Puss in Boots and Turning Red, and I think these are the leaders in this category. I would agree. And I think Puss in Boots should win, but... I haven't seen a ton of stuff about the new Pinocchio movie. I think it probably was a bit of a detriment that it came out the same year as the Puss in Boots movie, which had Pinocchio in it. Right. Um, Which is kind of strange. Interesting crossover. I honestly know nothing about the Sea Beast. Me neither. I haven't even heard of it. Like, I don't know. And (laughs) I'm not a fan of stop motion animation, so Marcel the Shells with Shoes On is definitely not my pick. It looked sweet. I don't it know did. what other meaning there was to it. It it looked kind of, I don't know, it reminded me of Turbo. Do you remember Turbo? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it was just because it involved shells. shells. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. The Sea Beast is actually available on Netflix. So if you're looking for something that's accessible, then that could be an option for if you're looking to investigate into the nominations for this Oscars. Uh, Turning Red is also on Disney Plus. Yes. And I saw Turning Red. I did not see Puss in Boots, but I did really like Turning Red as a movie. It made made my little Asian girl heart very happy. (laughs) And I really liked... I liked what they tried to do with the animation. I do think that from what, what Audrey's told me about Puss in Boots animation style, I think that it likely wins in that category. But Turning Red did do some things that were different. It harkened back to like certain aspects of um, 2000s, 90s culture. And I think that's really interesting to see in a movie. And now that's considered vintage, which is weird. Very strange. <laughs> I think Puss in Boots, The Last Wish deserves to win because its animation style is miles above turning red, in my opinion. I feel like, honestly, as a whole, Disney is starting to fall behind other studios like Sony and DreamWorks ever since Spider-Man Into the Mm Spider-Verse. That animation style kind of changed the game. and. Disney's new 3D animation style, which I personally have never liked anyways, I would much rather watch, like, the old Lion King or the old Little Mermaid. Most definitely. And their version and their animation style than, like, Tangled or Brave as far as, like, the way the movies look. But more than that, Puss in Boots' The Last Wish was just surprising. 
Like, I did not expect to be confronted with my own mortality in a Puss in Boots movie, but here we are, and it was done in a great way. It, it was definitely a kid's movie, but it was a movie for all ages, I think. My brother, he loved it, and he was not as much of a fan of Turning Red. I think that's partially because he doesn't like boy bands, but um, Valid. as a whole, I think the fact that my brother could enjoy Puss in Boots says a lot. He's not a movie fan in any capacity. And I feel like the movie was just, it, it did a lot of things right. And it went in, it kind of swerved. It like zigged yeah. when everybody else was zagging, if mm -hmm. you know what I mean. And I think for that, it deserves to win. Also, anything but Disney in this category. True. They won for like, did they win for like a decade straight until Spider-Verse? And the animated I, I think category. You're correct. Yeah, I think it's time to see some different things. And I really enjoy the fact that lots of other studios are putting out good animation now. Yes, definitely. Like the Mitchells versus the Machines last year was really good. Yeah, that definitely got snubbed over, um, like Encanto won over it. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it deserved something. Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of good thing ha good things happening in this category, and I do appreciate that, like of the movies nominated they're all very different definitely they i mean puss in boots i feel like that's like let's make these kids think a little bit right yeah yeah <laughs> which is true and and they're all kind of like there's stop motion there's like disney animation there's puss in boots is almost spider-verse animation there's the Guillermo de Toro Pinocchio, which is basically I'm gonna call that film bro animation because yeah, I feel like yeah. I feel like that's the only people I've heard really talking about it. That's because yeah. they just love everything he does. Yep, pretty much. Okay, moving on to um, best picture. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar: The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablements, Tar. Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Okay, to start this off, <laughs> Elvis should not be nominated in this category over The Batman. Or Nope. Both of those are way better movies than Elvis. Elvis is a chaotic frenzy of light and motion, and it skipped over the and fact- sweat. Yeah. <laughs> and it skipped over the fact that Elvis died on the toilet. It really did. It was, it was actually it, misleading. It was, I was very misleading. I was a little bit um, annoyed because it wasn't, it doesn't have to be exactly historically accurate, but it can be a little bit more, it, it can be a little closer to the truth. It Definitely. didn't really talk about the hard parts of Elvis's life. It pretty no. much just glorified everything did he glorify. did and it skipped over all of the other more controversial aspects also, of his life. Priscilla deserved like a way better like this happened to me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And now they're making yet another Elvis movie. And they I, need to stop. Just, it's like let's stop with the biopics. The biopics know? need to end. I get that look, I get that Bohemian Rhapsody was great. Yeah. We don't need a biopic about every tragic death of every music star like what's what's next i well madonna was next but then madonna was next yes i know and she's not even dead sorry <laughs> sorry to those i mean elton john did did one for himself essentially he saw that <laughs> he saw that they did a biopic for freddie mercury and was like gotta hey, get in on the action yeah, i gotta get in on that yeah no i mean elvis above all 
Elvis made me scared of Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, and then maybe looking at some of the... Hey, the Academy did something right this time. I mean, Avatar, The Way of Water, and Top Gun Maverick being actually getting acknowledged in this during the award season, I think is a big triumph because that was a big part of mainstream pop culture. It's very important, and a lot of the movies that seem to win Oscars are movies that the general population has never heard of. Right, and, or can't really appreciate. You yeah, know? and sometimes, look, I love going to see interesting movies. Like, movies like Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is, it's complicated, and it's got a whole bunch of storylines and all that other stuff. That's great. And I love doing that sometimes and seeing a movie like that. But I also like seeing a movie like Top Gun Maverick, which is very straightforward. It's nostalgic. It's just a classic summer blockbuster. And I like seeing a movie like that sometimes. It's relaxing. Like, I'll, I'll watch it with my family again and again and again. And I feel like movies like that need to get recognized as well, not just like war epics. Right. I mean, Top Gun Maverick brought people back to the movie theater. That's what everyone said about it. And I think that's really something special. And I'm glad they acknowledged it. Exactly. And I do feel like acknowledging the general population's opinion is important because the entire reason why the Oscars exist is the fact that the general population is willing to pay for movies. To put these actors and these producers and these directors in a position to make more interesting movies and things like that. And so to not include movies that the, were the favorites of the general population is pretty much a dis, it's, it's very much a disservice to people in general. Looking at the more positive aspects of this category, I mean, we've already um, shared our praises for everything, everywhere, all at once. But I will say that, I mean, I I mean, The Fablemans was really good. I don't think they necessarily hold a candle to everything everywhere all at once, but I will say if they weren't nominated, I would be mad. That's fair. I, you know? I agree. I feel like a lot of movies fall into that category. Like, nope. Yes, exactly. It's like, where is nope on here? It's like, does it deserve to win? No. Yeah. But should it be recognized in some way over Elvis? Yes. Yes. Well, I think all that being said, I think everything everywhere all at once is... I agree. I think that is definitely the the standout here, especially because so many people were talking about it. Like, it had an extended theater run. They had to put it back in theaters because so many people were like, oh my gosh, this is such a good movie. Because it originally wasn't its initial release, kind of, it was pretty quiet. It was. And so they put it back into theaters because so many people wanted to see this movie. It's received critical praise. It's received, like, people want it, want to see it, general people and film bros. Yep. Everybody seems to agree on how great of a movie this is, and I feel like that's what an Oscar winner should be. For sure. And I mean, we've already seen it do well this award season. Ki Hui Kwan, uh, who was nominated for a supporting actor Oscar, he won his category at the Golden Globes. Another thing I would like to point out, as far as notable snubs, I think Glass Onion was snubbed. For Best Picture? For oh, Best most Picture. Definitely. Because it was just, it was a fun movie. All around incredible ensemble cast. Yes. First of all. And from there, I mean, it just felt like you were you were right there in the action, you know? Yeah, and it was a beautiful setting. Mm-hmm. The storyline was good. 
the whole concept of what is the glass onion, I felt like that was, it was, you know, it was interesting. You didn't really... I didn't quite have to, like, do the thing where you rewind when the reveal happens, mm. yes. but I was still surprised. Yes, definitely. And I think that says a lot about how good of a movie it was. Yes, and that is available on Netflix, so if we're going to yes. talk about streaming service, I mean... That is definitely, Netflix is definitely the most prominent one. I see a lot of discourse. Should Netflix movies be nominated for Oscars? And what I don't understand is all of these different production companies are all making movies. What makes Netflix any different from A24? Or Amazon. Or Amazon. But an Apple TV movie won last year. Coda. Coda won. And if Apple TV can have... Oscar winner. I don't see why Netflix shouldn't. Netflix has been around longer. Exactly. Yeah. They can do good things. They can also do really... Netflix can also produce some very, very bad things. Blonde being a good example of that. Exactly. Yeah. Man, I'm happy Blonde wasn't nominated for Best Picture. I mean, that... I would have punched something. I probably would have boycotted the Oscars. I would not have watched because (laughs) I don't think I could have even seen it be nominated. Well, that wraps up our discussion of the Oscars. For a more in-depth look on why Everything Everywhere All at Once is our choice for Best Picture, look for a review on the film on whsnow.com. There's also a poll about the Best Picture nominees on whsnow.com's front page, so you can go vote on who you think should win. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, at Westland Weekly Wake Up, for episode updates and exclusive content. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Westland Weekly Wake Up. This has been a WLHS Now production. For more articles and school information, check out whsnow.com.